Welcome to the Less Doing Podcast, where you will learn how to start living more by doing less. Let me help you optimize, automate, and outsource your entire life so you can focus on doing the things you love. Now here's your host, Ari Mizell. Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. I'm your host, Ari Mizell, and today's guest is, I'm trying to think of the right way to frame this because everything that we do here is less doing, but I have the pleasure of having the author of Do Nothing on the podcast. So Rob <laughs> Dubay, welcome. Thanks for having me, Ari. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I feel like I feel like I'm a brown belt and I've got the black belt here talking to me because <laughs> the do nothing guy. So <laughs> let's talk about what what do you what do you what don't you do, Rob? <laughs> what don't I do? That's actually I've never been asked that question. It's a great uh it's very thought provoking actually. Um but I am trying to learn what not to do. Uh, with less doing, quite frankly, and which is how I got to know you um, and all the amazing things that that you are doing. So, but to give you a little bit of a background, I am an entrepreneur. I started my company in 1991, uh, right out of college with my best friend. So we've been in business now. This is our 27th year. Um, along the way, I had a whole lot of anxiety, um, a lot of stress, uh, some health issues that I was dealing with when I was younger, some family issues. And um, that didn't translate great uh, starting a business with my best friend. I got married at a young age. We, My wife and I had our first uh, child uh, when, when I was young. And so when we put that all together, it was uh, just adding on to my anxiety and tried some different things along the way went to therapy, which was very helpful, um, but ultimately learned about meditation about 13 years ago, uh, just coming off the heels of selling my business. And um, I kind of hit a breaking point and I sat in a chair on when I was on vacation and started breathing in and breathing out and testing this thing out and found it to very be very useful. And uh, here we are 13 years later. I found it to be so helpful, not only in my life in general, but as, as a leader within my organization, we were able to buy our company back. And, uh, and I feel that my meditation practice has been very useful to me as a leader and really cultivating our culture here at Image One. And so, and what is Image One? Image One is a document lifecycle management company. And so, what we do is we manage all the um, multifunction printers, copiers uh, within medium to enterprise size organizations. And we also provide software solutions that help these companies. Uh, learn how to print smarter and learn how to print less. Uh, obviously, there's a huge cost savings when they're printing less. And so that's a big thing that we bring to the table for these organizations. Now, what? how does this translate into your leadership with your with your team? And what is 
Yeah, I mean, what does that look like sort of on a day-to-day basis now? Sure. It's cultivating presence and awareness first and foremost. So um, oftentimes, and I'll speak for the many entrepreneurs and, and business leaders that I've had interactions with over the last 27 years, and there's a pretty consistent theme that I see, which is a lot of extremely busy people, uh, especially ramped up over the last 10, 15 years with technology. Email is overwhelming. Uh, our calendars are jam-packed, you know, from, from morning to night. And so what ends up happening is when we are with our team members, oftentimes our minds are in different places and oftentimes our minds are racing. And our ability to sort of slow down and be truly present with our team members is the difference maker. Uh, obviously, when we're there meeting with them, um, there may be uh, challenges that they're dealing with um, and they need our feedback on. And I think many leadership people are in a mode where they want to solve things for their team very quickly, just to use that as an example. And uh, our ability to listen uh, very deeply, listen, ask really good questions, be truly present, phones away, no buzzing, um, you know, not thinking about the next meeting that we're going to or the last meeting we came from, and help our team members kind of work through their challenge, their issue, because the answers are right there. They have them. We know that. And and that's the true gift that we could give to them, the presence, the awareness, and helping them to figure out how to solve it on their own. Ultimately, down the line, that leads to a better uh, situation for them. It leads to a better um, company you know, greater skill set within your company, better people. And so there's positives all around. It just takes practice. So, okay. So it just takes practice, right? But now obviously in in most companies, at least we want to see growth and people being hard charging to some extent, right? And like being aggressive is not the right word. I driven, being driven, right? So how do you sort of balance that for people? You know, is there an issue like somebody feels like their coworkers meditating too much and they're not, you know. <laughs> That's a great question. I love that. Actually, we we have a saying which is in order to speed up, you have to slow down. Yeah. I okay. Well, so what does that mean? Well, it means when you're becoming overwhelmed with the thousands of things coming at you at our organization, it's perfectly okay to slow down and go find a spot and sort of just sit and breathe in and breathe out. It doesn't need to be uh, a whole day session, (laughs) you know, literally can be three to five minutes. Um, Oftentimes that's enough just to get clarity of mind, kind of slow down the thought pattern pattern and uh, return back to, you know, the day to day of whatever it is that you're doing. Does that show up in the environment that you create, like the physical environment that you create? Like, you know, so some companies who have like nap rooms or nap chairs or things like that. I mean, do you uh, create space for people to do that? Well, we we have a multitude of, of conference rooms that are functional in many ways. There's comfortable chairs and there's non, you know, I guess more, you you wouldn't consider a place you'd have a nap per se, um, but they're, they're just your typical office chairs. But, you know, the way we look at it, is it it doesn't need to be the perfect spot, the perfect place with the perfect noise uh, reduction or whatnot, because 
life just happens around us. And we, the, the greatest thing that we can do is find the ability to find that calm, to find that presence, to find, you know, a place to slow down no matter where we are. You know, oftentimes um, in my travels and my my education on meditation uh, throughout the past 13 years, I hear the experts talk about um, being able to practice on the subway in New York City or on the plane going from point A to point B. So, you know, it, we don't need to have this perfect meditative room uh, that people can go to. They could do it at their desk, quite frankly, if if that's what is needed. So. What's the challenge in your business right now, sort of in general, forgetting the, you know, forgetting this aspect of it for a moment, what, as a, you know, an aware and balanced, hopefully, and uh, you know, cognizant <laughs> organization, like what, what is the challenge that you face now in your growth? Well, right now it's, it, the job market, it hiring is very difficult right now. We, it, we've got 65 team members and we have five openings. There's stress on the system. Uh, so to speak, you know, stress on the people because we need uh, people in the company who are up to speed as quickly as possible. And it's taking an awful long time to find the, the type of people that, that you know, work for uh, that are that would fit within our organization. So, you know, how do we deal with the day to day stresses and, and all the um, things that we're being asked to to get done with without a full staff. And that takes a calmness, that takes a presence, that actually takes some slowing down. Um, it takes a lot of collaboration, a lot of communication to come together and know that at the end of the day, um, you know, we we take very seriously what we do, but we aren't solving the world's problems and we're very aware of that. So we we need to show up, but adding stress within ourselves isn't going to help it. So what are some of the things that we can do to take that stress, reduce it or take it away, um, you know, altogether, but still show up. And one way really is to just slow down for a minute or two or five throughout the day and just breathe in and breathe out and, and kind of find a place of calm and then return back. It's rejuvenating actually. How do you, present this when you're hiring people and so that they sort of get indoctrinated into the culture problem. <laughs> uh, that's another good question. Um, well, first, let me just state that, you know, everybody in our company isn't, isn't uh, walking around meditating or sitting around meditating, I should say. For some people, they have other ways that they go about uh, stress reduction or the, the bottom line here at Image One is what works for you. We just try to give you education and tools that, that might be helpful. You know, other people might want to go for a walk. They might just want to go uh, leave the office for 20 minutes and just kind of unwind. And, you know, there's a multitude of things that people could do to kind of find a a place of calm and be able to come back re-energized. As far as people coming into the company, um, you know, we really look for them to uh, uncover whatever they want to uncover about our company. Um, You know, we have our core values, which are uh, clearly stated and we discuss um, during our process with candidates. Uh, we're hu- 
humbled that they're in front of us. And so we, we have a huge curiosity about them. And, and then, as I mentioned earlier, we want to be a lifter upper, not a dragger downer in their lives. So that's really what we're talking about is how can we cultivate a life balance for them that works? And that doesn't mean that they have to take out a meditation practice uh, whatsoever. When does that sort of reach a limit though, right? Where somebody like somebody who's in the organization and you realize that they're, they aren't a good fit at that point. And it's not a matter of just sort of taking more time or, or reflecting on it in a different way. How, how do you, how do you handle offboarding? Yeah. Well, our goal in being a lifter upper is that sometimes we realize uh, it's either one side meaning the team member or it's the company or it's both who kind of have a sense that something isn't really working right. And so, of course, our goal being a lifter upper is how can we make it right? You know, let's put some sort of plan in place. Let's look again at your life goals and is there alignment here? Uh, let's look at your personal core values. Let's look at some of the stress points that you're dealing with here, whether it be with people, whether it be the work environment or maybe something that might be going on at home or whatever it might be. And let's try to figure out how we can come to the same place because something brought us together. And if that's not working, to answer your question about offboarding is how can we smoothly transition the person to uh, a new journey and the new part of their journey. And we've done that uh, very successfully. It's something I'm actually, and we are very proud of uh, here at Image One. One example I can share with you is uh, we had a person in a role uh, and they took on a, a leadership role. And it became really apparent that the, the activities that they were focused on weren't leadership uh, focused activities. They were more tactical type um, responsibilities that they kept leaning towards. And so we had a discussion. Uh, I actually met this person offsite at a coffee shop. And as we dug deeper into her life goals, it it became very apparent and emotional for her to, you know, share with me that that really a leadership role wasn't something that she wanted to do. In fact, she wanted to do something that was completely different and very tactical in nature. And it wasn't something that, you know, we had, an, uh, you know, a need for here. And so what we did was we put into place a plan to help her find where that might be. And funny enough, she loved science and she loved design. And once you know it, the stars lined up and she ended up working at the Science Center here in the Detroit area and doing design for them. <laughs> it was crazy. So those are the sorts of things um, that we hope to, you know, help uh, people when things aren't working out, you know, land on their feet because it, 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 um, it isn't always that the people are bad people. In fact, they usually aren't. It's just there isn't something that's connecting. And I think through having the open and honest discussion, being vulnerable and transparent with each other about what's not working, you start to come to the right place together. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I like to say is that the way that we treat the people that we send off, it says a lot to the, says a lot to the people that we keep with us. That's so true. Yeah, you're right on point with that. And, and it's a human experience, and it should be. Yes, absolutely. Of course. 
So, uh, all right. So you said that, that uh, sort of switching gears back again for a second. So you said that, sure. that recruiting and sort of finding talent people is, is challenging. But wh so what what kinds of jobs are you trying to fill right now that you're finding it hard to find? I think it's, that's very enlightening for people to hear that kind of information. Yeah, we, we have some uh, customer care positions that are open. We have some technical positions are open and we have some sales uh positions that are open. So uh, those are, are the, the uh, areas that, that we're challenged with right now. And, you know, certainly trying to find uh, people that align with our core values, but also uh, our high performing uh, people uh, by nature, learners, and, uh, you know, people that can help rise us up, bring us to, to new levels is really what we're focused on. Um, and, and are you you're just not getting like applicants or you're finding people who are just not qualified? Well, it's we are receiving applicants. Um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, the fits aren't there. Uh, and and so, you know, what that tells us and what we're hearing uh, is that uh, the really solid people are, you know, very much ingrained within uh, the, the, the companies and, and jobs that they have. So, you know, we're we're doing our our uh, best effort to sign really quite frankly, trying to, to get them uh, try to get their eyeballs on us and uh, maybe come out and see what we're all about because, you know, who knows, maybe sometimes what they believe to be a good situation uh, may not be ultimately as good as it could be. And so we, we are, you know, uh, excited to, you know, maybe give people a look at what we're doing and see if it resonates with them. And then what about for you? What's, what's sort of the next growth for you? Sure. I mean, always growing, uh, learning about what you're up to and, and uh, <laughs> trying to be, um, you know, more efficient with everything that uh, I'm working on. Um, uh, do nothing. Uh, the book going, uh, getting out into the world has, has been a very humbling experience and it's opened up a whole bunch of uh, different doors and conversations for speaking. Uh, and so that's been a very exciting thing for me to be able to share this, this uh, life tool that I'm so passionate about. Um, I'm hosting a retreat in, in next, uh, in two weeks, April 23rd to the 26th. Uh, it's a silent retreat for leaders uh, we've got one spot left and, um, it's going to be four days of, of, you know, no talking, which is pretty daunting for many. This is where I start to see the eyes glaze over for so many, but, uh, there are, uh, you know, so far 19 people that are, uh, very interested in how they can go inside and really work harder at cultivating presence, awareness, uh, finding a calm space within themselves so they can bring that out to the world, uh, both for their teams and in their lives in general. So th those are some of the things that I'm working on, working with YPO groups, uh, doing some workshops. Um, and so it's just all been very exciting. Well, so let's talk about that for a second. So um, first of all, does that make it really easy to plan content for something like that? You know, <laughs> Does any, I mean, right. are there, I mean, they're silent, but are they being guided at all? Or is it just, it's, you talk for a little bit and then it's silent for the rest of the time. Yeah. There's a, as far as the retreat goes or the workshops. Yeah. 
the retreat. Well, either. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's some talks. So you know, there's some things to think about, um, and and so there are moments of silence, but then there's there's moments of of interaction. Yes. So it's it's the content is it just sitting there the whole time and, and having me stare at, at them. <laughs> um, there's some different you know uh, contemplative. Um, uh, exercises that the, that the participants go through. There's mindful walking, which is a method of, of really slowly, slowly walking, you know, at a snail's pace, which is so, so hard uh, for people, um, you know, just kind of back and forth in a, in a straight line or in a circle as a group and, you know, just being highly, highly aware. And this is training of, of our minds um, to, to go at that speed and being very aware of, of every sensation on the bottom of our feet as we take the steps that we uh, take for granted every single day as we fly through life, um, you know, with such ease, seemingly. Are seemingly so. Um, uh, there's mindful eating. You know, we we sit down and we we eat on the go so often, and or or um, uh, you know maybe just don't take the time to think about where the food is coming from and all the people that had a. A say or or some sort of touch in the food getting to you on this beautiful presented uh, 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 plate uh, of delicious tasting food. You know, sometimes we 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 don't pause for a moment to to kind of think about that. So these workshops and and the the retreat, they, this is just a time for us to sort of hone in on that a little uh, as we enter back into our regular day to day lives and you know being able to sort of think about that a little when we're out to dinner with our families, let's say, as, as we talk about mindful eating, to just maybe take a literally a millisecond pause to say, wow, you know, this this food that I'm about to eat came from many places and many people had something to do with it. Yeah. I mean, my, well, and I can't, I, I don't mean to like nitpick on this, but so sure. can you, can you, can you, uh, Take notes. Can you write things down during the the retreats or what, what on the retreat? Yeah, the rules of thumb, and that's a great question, by the way. Re- rules. I, I, would, I would come up with all sorts of ideas and then be like really frustrated <laughs> that I couldn't keep them. Totally, totally. Well, I, and I've got something I want to share with you about that in a second. But the rules of thumb are no talking, no writing, no reading, and actually no eye contact. So those are rules of thumb. But you can do whatever really you want to do. But I know you're a big fan of Dan Sullivan, as am I. And I went through his three-year program a number of years ago, and I learned the power of free days. And those are where you let your ideas flow, and you do your best to restrict yourself from writing down all the amazing ideas that all of a sudden are coming to the forefront. And what ends up happening is when you get back into your focus days, um, then you can get the ideas that really matter at the forefront because those are the ones that are the ones that stick. So at least that's the way I learned it. And you might be a little bit closer to it because you've maybe gone through the program more. Uh, uh, you're actually, I think you're part of it at, at, at right, yeah. right now. So, um, but that's how I remember it from years ago. Um, am I missing anything? Did I hit on it? Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. So you can imagine when you're on the retreat, boy, yeah, your mind is going to start flowing with some of the best ideas you ever had, or at least they'll seem like they're the best ideas you ever had in the moment. Um, and, and you're the real 
the real practice that you can do is actually bring yourself back to your breath to recognize that you're thinking and come back to your breath and focus on the present moment, not so much about the amazing ideas that will take you and catapult you into the future. And when you're done with the retreat and you're driving back to whatever your next destination is, you know, you're going to have sort of this mixture, you know, I hear about and I've experienced sort of this mixture of calm and also kind of that those top two, three ideas that kind of are sticking. And then you might find yourself if you're driving, pulling over to the side and writing them down in your journal, uh, or maybe that evening as you, you know, sit at dinner or, or, you know, prepare yourself for the evening or whatever it might be. Yeah. Well, so the, the last question I always like to ask on these interviews is what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, um, starting and or ending your day with a personal practice that helps you to show up and be the best person that you can be for yourself first and for your team. If you're a leader within an organization or you're even part of a, a team that's that's uh, within an organization and just the people around you in general. So whatever that practice is, for me, it's, med- it's meditating in the morning and in the evening. Uh, and, and there are many different ways that people go about that. So that's the first thing. The next thing that I find to be very effective and I always recommend to people is clearly set out your intentions for the day, uh, how you want today to be great. Spend some time on gratitude um, and spend some time on what tasks that you need to complete today to make you to help move yourself and your organization uh, towards your your visions for the future. And so those are the things that I usually focus on uh, when I'm sharing, you know, these sorts of things with with our team or people uh, in the world that that are curious about it. Well, that's absolutely wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Rob. So thank tell, you, tell, Ari. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Well, tell people where they can find out more about you, the retreats, the book, everything. Yeah, the best place to find me is do nothing book.com. And everything you need there to contact me, be it social or right from the contact page, you can send a note right from there. And I will 100% uh, answer every single request, whether it's through social or through the contact page. I love to interact and I love to answer your questions and help in any way that I can uh, with any of the stuff that I'm doing with uh, Do Nothing or within our culture uh, here at Image One. So please feel free to reach out to me at any time. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you, Ari, and thank you for teaching me so much through your book and just through getting to know you, even just briefly as a person. You've taught me an awful lot, and I'm grateful for that. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing Podcast. If you'd like to get more done in less time, join our exclusive community of entrepreneurs and visionaries, the Less Doing Labs. It's free and just for you. Go to lessdoinglabs.com slash more done.